Pray then this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. The word of God. Please be seated. As you're on your way down, just tap someone in front of you. Just give them a nice tap and say, it is so good that you're here today. Mm. It is so good that you all are here today. It was circa 2016, right around there, give or take a year. I was in Seattle for a conference. Quite a few of us actually in this room probably were there as well. After the meetings had finished that evening, I had gotten invited to go eat dinner at the Pike. They had this, apparently this, this really fancy pizza place, like really gourmet pizza. And so I said I would go, and, and as I was heading out the doors to go to this pizza place, I was joined by one Dr. Maury Jackson. Some of you know him. Brilliant, brilliant professor here who leads courageously in our school of divinity. I meet him at the door and he says, yeah, let's go together, let's go eat. And I said, let's go eat. And so he and I begin to walk out into the Seattle night. I am a native Californian, which means at about 60 degrees, I need a pea coat. I need a beanie, I need the scarf, I need to be wearing thermals, because 60 is freezing for Californians. So Californians say amen. Yeah, this, this, Tacoma, you brought this weather with you. This is your fault. It, this is good for us. This is like hazardous. It snowed, like it snowed here a week ago. Like the snow didn't stay, stick. It just like, there was a little bit of white stuff falling from the, and we lost it, man. We were taking pictures. We were acting fool, weren't we? The rest of the world's like, man, y'all, y'all are soft. Seattle night had come out and it's freezing. It's freezing. I'm already wearing thermals. I got thermal socks on. I'm wearing the thickest shoes I got. I've got I've layered all my shirts that I bought in my bag and I've got this huge pea coat on. I got my beanie down and I'm walking. And just to me, the bitter cold is like going right into my bones. And Maury, who's about, he's about half my size. He, he's a, he's, you know, he's a lot of good things come in small packages. That's him. So, you know, we're walking together, but I'm trying to act brave and courageous because he's acting like it's fine. He's walking along, you know, he's got his little peacoat, he's got a little hat, you know, and we're talking theology and he loves to talk theology, right? He's, he's talking about this and that idea and this and this great big idea. And all I can hear is a chattering of my own teeth. He says, what, he says, what you think? And I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, let's keep going. We get around one of the corners of the block as we're heading towards the pizza place. And just as we get around that corner, uh, uh, a, one of our friends without homes was there, camped out. It started to rain really hard. It was freezing. It was bitter cold. You could tell that she had maybe had a, uh, an ounce or a pint of a few good things already in her system. And she looks at us and she says, give me money. And all I could think was, it's too cold out here to deal with this. Maybe because two-thirds of my brain had frostbite. I was going. 
I'm not stopping for this. I don't have time for this nonsense. At this time, I was working in L.A., and we had created, come up with kind of a comprehensive program for, for our friends um, in the neighborhood who were going through that. And so I was like, I don't have time to build out this beautiful structure, this program to help you get from where you're at to a better place. And right now, I'm freezing, and I need some of that gourmet pizza. And so I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's just keep on rolling because I'm sure 50 to 100 to maybe hundreds of people had passed this way already and they probably did the same thing. And if they did it, then it's gotta be okay for me to do it. And I'm with this, with this great theologian and I'm sure he's really in his mind with his, with his cognitive conceptual ideas, right? And so we're walking and I just keep walking and, and, and Maury stops. And in the shivering rain, he looks into her eyes and he says, you're going through a lot right now, aren't you? And she begins to respond and then he pulls out from his pocket, his wallet, he opens it up and he grabs everything he has in that wallet, which isn't much because he's a professor at Lassie University. (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) whoops out this chunk of of cash which I'm sure was the most of his life savings hands it to her and he said God bless you and then we just continue to walk on and before I could get a word out it's as if he, he had heard my thoughts and he says you know oftentimes we are in our mind space And when we are in our mind space, we make excuses for why we should or maybe shouldn't do something. But in nights like these, when it is so bitter cold, I don't care what she does with that money. She just needs to get somewhere warm. I thought to myself, wow. So you see, neither one of us did something wrong. I didn't rob a bank. I didn't harm anyone, but only one of us made the better choice. Perspective. The Lord's Prayer, especially as we pull into this portion here, give us this day our daily bread is about perspective. It's about making the better choice. So I'll split it in two pieces here, just just for us today. First part is this, give us this day. Give us this day. This is an us, it is collective, it is corporate. It is never personal, it's not for personal gain, it's not for myself, it's not so that I can get ahead of the game, it's not so that I can be better or do better than someone else, it is an us. For when one of us does well, we all should do well. It is corporate, it is a corporate request from Jesus. Give us, us. Turn to somebody and say, you are a part of us. Tell somebody else, you are a part of us. You are a part of us. It is a corporate request. One of the first things that I had to get to understand here at the university church, last year university church, was this, uh, with the phrase that you all say, be well. Because I, I didn't know what that meant. You know, I was like, be well, what do you mean? I am well, what, what do you mean be well? And then I would go with, with Pastor Steve to some of the meetings and I'd hear him explain what be well means. And it's this idea that when, when, the, when those of us who are most vulnerable do well, we all do well. 
And so we hope that we bring wellness to each other. Be well. It's a collective corporate request. And secondly, it's a present request. Give us this day, like right now, like God, here in this space, would you provide? I hear this question all the time from my kids. Dad, can we? You have kids like that? Dad, can I? Dad, can I? Dad, dad, can I? Dad, can I? I get it when they come home from school. Dad, can I watch TV? My answer is always yes. Dad, can I watch TV? Yes. Right after. <laughs> right after you get that homework done. Right, right after you take that shower. Right after you clean the chimney. You know, right after. Repaint the pool. Right after. I promise. And that kills them. They're like, no, dad. I, and sometimes they get ahead of me. So they, they did the shower. They did the homework. You know, they did their laundry. I'll always find one more thing just to throw in there. No, dad, no. Because the request is a present request. Give us this day. Collective hours, God. Now. And here's the second portion of that, of that passage. Give us to stay our daily bread. I'm going to work this passage backwards in this, this portion here. I'll start with bread, and then we'll go down to our, okay? Bread. Bread. To the Matthean community, who is predominantly Jewish, bread was an important part of their life. It's surrounded by their events. It's surrounded um, in all that they do. It's in their, it's in their uh, celebrations, we remember from the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers when they were in the wilderness and they were hungry and they were pleading with God. What does God do? He sends what? Manna from heaven. Bread, substance. This is an important thing for them. And so they don't just see bread as bread. They see it as God's provisions. So when they're praying, he said, God, would your provision be upon us? Would your resources fall on us? Would you give us again that which only you could give? Bread. Now here's where it gets a little tricky. Daily. Daily. So this word daily here is epiosis. Epiosios. Epiosios. We can put that up. Epiosios is a kind of a conjunction word, epiosis. It is a prefix. The word epi is a preposition. For, to, over, under, that kind of stuff. And then the second portion of that word is usia, which comes from the root word to be, right? Being. So we get this word for being, for to be. Or as we have translated that word, we call it daily. The problem with this word daily is, or, or not just daily, but epiosios, is that it's not shown anywhere else in Greek literature. So you won't find this word, this Greek word, anywhere else except for Matthew and for Luke. What does that mean? Well, if you don't see the word in context anywhere, you don't know what the word means. Because it's only in one place, you can't compare and contrast whether that word makes any sense. 
right? So it, you, know, you know gum because you've heard it and it's been defined by other people using the word gum. But if gum was never used anywhere, you'd have no idea what gum meant. In Greek here, this word is not used anywhere else. There's no context for it, which means they can't quite define it. The second problem, that's pro- the, the second problem with the word epiosios is that there's another word that people use today for the word day, or the people used in Greek for the word day. Hemera. Hemera is the word day, and they take all other words for the word day from this root. So when you see the word day or daily across the Bible, anywhere and everywhere, you will see some form of this word, which means the only time ever used to say daily in the Bible that is different from this one is in Matthew. So scholars think, well, that makes no sense. Why would you have, why would this word be daily? It just doesn't follow suit. It's as if for the first time you heard a word used in a context you were never aware of before. I grew up in a, in a time when you didn't know adults' first names. I don't know if anybody remembers those days, right? You, it was Mr. or Mrs., uncle or auntie. Can I be honest with you? I had no idea what my mom's first name was until I was a grown man. I had no idea. Somebody asked me in high school, what's your mom's first name? It's mom. Mom Timey. And like, no, it's not. Your mom has a first name. I said, no, she does not. And if she does, I wouldn't know it because I don't want to die. (laughs) And I'd heard her name in Tongan conversations with other women, right? Because her name is Anaokilatai. And even today when I say it, I'm a little bit like, what? What is that? But, you know, when we were growing up, I kind of hear them in conversations. Ah, now, oh, yeah, where are now, ah, now. So I thought every time they said ah, now, it was like some kind of like, oh, my, my gosh, oh, my goodness, wow. When in actuality, they were saying my mom's name. I had no idea. So I asked my sister one day, I said, do you know mom's first name? She says, yeah, I know what it is. I said, what is it? She says, uh, it's mom. <laughs> I said, what's wrong with us? First time I found out my mom's name, ah, now. I said it to her as an adult. I had to test it. I know. Because my mom was wicked, right? I didn't want to get beat down. And she said, yeah, that's my name. I know. And I was like, oh, and I got it. I know. I know. Like, I started thinking, like, how can I remember my mom's first name? And they like, ah. When she's coming to me, it'd be like, I know. I'm about to get beat. <laughs> and when she's walking about, I know. She's about to beat my sister Linda, right? Because we didn't know first names. So it was really odd that, a, that this particular name would be in that place when her name is mom. So here in, in this word daily, it was really weird that they didn't use Hamera. That's the way you would speak. That's what they use everywhere. And in this space, it was used differently. They used the word epiosios. There are arguments about how this word should be used different ways to define it. It could mean super substantial or necessary, um, essential, 
scholars are still kind of working through what this word could really mean. And, and today they've kind of, kind of landed on the idea that maybe, maybe it's, it's um, epi, epi and I, epi and I. Got to read my Greek on the, on the screen there. Epi and I, which is the root word for tomorrow. And so they're thinking, well, maybe epionai and epiosiosis is, is the same word. Maybe that's what it comes from. So instead of give us this day our daily bread, it might sound a little bit better like give us this day our bread of tomorrow or our bread of the future. And if indeed the text might say, give us this day our bread for tomorrow, or give us our bread for, uh, 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 give us this day our day, our bread for the future, then the very next word, next today or tomorrow, is gonna be very important. Why? Because the very next word is our. Our. And our plays a essential role in how we make a difference for tomorrow. Our, Imon, first person plural possessive. We saw this at the very beginning. Our Father, our Abba. It is ours. God is ours and, and we are God's. This connection, this possessive, it is ours wholly and completely together. It's all of us, all of ours, not just some of us or a few of us, not just those of us that are worthy, but all of us. It's ours. If indeed this bread is the bread of today and essential part of our resources for tomorrow, then the word that comes before it, the word our, is deeply important. When you and I take enough for today and make sure that others have enough as well, then there is abundance for tomorrow. Consider that. When you and I take enough for today and make sure that others have enough for today, there will be an abundance for tomorrow. So tomorrow, when God grants us these resources, give us this day, God, your resources, your abundance, your giving, your, yours that fills this earth, then we say, this day, our, our bread or our substance that is for tomorrow. In other words, when you and I are careful enough to care for each other today, there will be enough for tomorrow, tomorrow. The corrected kingdom life, the upside down kingdom life looks like everyone has enough. No more, no less. However, as we live in this me world, overabundance of my needs today has come and at the expenses of others' hopes for tomorrow. And we don't even have to be bad people. We could just be good people wanting good things for ourselves. But in that, we begin to become distracted by the things that we have, and soon enough, we have an abundance and others do not. We lose balance of our good world when we think in terms of me, myself, and I. Think about the pandemic. Remember the pandemic? That was so long ago, like so 2021. What was the biggest problem in the pandemic for you? 
Do y'all remember? Go ahead, put that picture up. Do y'all remember the toilet paper crisis? Good Lord, you came down. <laughs> hey, I need toilet paper. Sorry, it's all gone. What do you mean? Where, where did it go? Where, where, where did it go? We're in a pandemic. Yeah, some guy came in and took like four carts of the toilet paper. Because first world problems, really. I mean, really? You, you needed that? The, it, when, when a crisis happens, when the apocalyptic thing happens, what you're going to collect is toilet paper? Really, people? That's like probably the worst. I mean, you didn't think about food. You didn't think about getting no canned stuff. He said, I need toilet paper. That's what I need. And so because this caught viral, I mean, I'm not, I'm not look, I'm not judging any of you. We had, we had some toilet paper in our garage too. I'm not going to lie. We, we had a few rolls maybe hidden there in our, in our garage cabinets. But because some of us believed that this is what we needed and took more there wasn't enough for the others who came behind. When you and I take enough for today and make sure that others have enough as well, then there is an abundance for tomorrow. As soon as we switch the hours in this prayer to mine, everything is undermined. We must work hard as a community to move from the perspective of me to we. We must, and we can do this today. This is something we can do. We don't have to bring down some corrupt politician. We don't have to, to run over these huge corpse. We don't, we don't have to bust up some multi-millionaire, wealthy billionaire. We, it just starts with us making practical decisions today, the here and the now, to say, I am going to be more intentional about the we instead of the me. We can start. We can start by opening our eyes to what we can do better right here in our local world, shifting our perspective to see as ours. Um, shape. Shape for Riverside stands for Strategic Health Allegiance Pursuing Equity. Can you put up what shape, what shapes a statistic says about Riverside? Families below poverty with children just in the 92505 equals to 666 families. Can somebody say my oh my? 666. This is how many families in the 92505 is struggling under poverty with children. All we've got to do is change perspective from me to we. Maybe to listen in, to, to look, to, to breathe our communities in, to see what is actually happening. Who needs bread? And how do we make that difference? We don't have to go on big lines of protests to make a big difference. We just have to change our perspective. I want to put up a quote for you. Interestingly, this was shared at the homeless simulation that our pastor Raywin Orlick was at. And this is what she texted me. Ironic that some of us are so concerned about the future 666 when we have a very present one here today. Can I get an amen? amen? Some of us are so busy trying to get our lives so that we look right so we can find the 666 out there when there's demonic systems just at our feet. When there are hungry children just at our feet when there are people around us that we need to be more mindful of. 
So, I want us to do this as a church. We can change the culture of the world around us. We don't have to do anything big. We just have to change perspective. Move from me to we. How can we do that today? Here's something real practical, really easy. Put that up on the screen for me right now, my friends. Thank you. Volunteers need it. Food Pantry Plus. Can somebody say amen? Food Pantry Plus. Do you know our Food Pantry Plus serves between 90 and 100 families? That's families. That's groups of human beings right here in our community. Every week they serve this with free food and produce boxes, clothing, public health services. The Food Pantry Plus thrift store sells gently used donations and all proceeds go directly to help support the Food Pantry Plus. This is us beginning to open our eyes to to have the perspective of we and not just me. There are people who are volunteering right now who are taking lead. Individuals who, who dreamt this, who saw this vision. Uh, Ruth and, and, and uh, Norman and, and some of them who, who trailblaze, front, frontier this. But we still need people to help. We need more volunteers. Turn to somebody and say volunteer. We to me, as a congregation that believes in caring for the 92505 community, this outreach ministry has direct impact to the families in need, but it takes many volunteers, and we need you so that we can do the work. If you can serve, serve. If you can donate, donate. If you can't serve and donate, you can pray. You can pray. We, we'd love for you to be praying for us. Pray for the families that come through here. Pray for how God is moving in your life to make a difference. Pray, pray uh, that, that God pushes you in a way that you would want to volunteer and be a part of it. All of us could be doing something. Everyone participates in one way or another. So, after church, in a couple minutes, we're going to open up our Food Pantry Plus, and I want to personally invite you to come for a tour to see where the work is done. Would you do that with us? Would you do that with us? Let's do this. Yeah, that's all right, that's all right. Soon as we're done here, we're gonna already have teams. The, the place is gonna be opened up. The food bank, uh, uh, the food pantry plus is gonna be there. You get to tour and see where the magic happens. Who's volunteering? You might hear some numbers and you might hear some stories of families who've been through there, but this is what it means to be church. Give us this day, oh God, our bread, our sustenance, our resources, that we might be able to do this together so that there is a sustainable tomorrow. Me to we. Turn to somebody and say, me to we. Pray with us. Serve with us. Give with us. But we can do this work together. And it can only be done if we do it together. Um, so when my wife started dating me, she had to learn a lot of rules about being around Tongan folk. Tongan people, we don't do the dating thing like normal human beings. We don't, we don't even kiss at our own weddings. Have you ever been to a Tongan wedding? You'll notice, there's no, you may now kiss the bride and they kiss, because we don't do that mess. My wife grew up here in America and pretty American. I'm pretty Tongan, but I grew up here in America. 
And so one of our family traditions is when someone is going to be flying out, the whole family goes. It doesn't matter where you live. You drive to the airport. If it's LAX, we get in our car and we drive all the way down to LAX. And then we load this human being, whichever one in our family is going to fly, we load them into the plane ourselves. If, if the police wouldn't stop us, we'd literally take them to their seat and buckle them in. And then once, once they get through the security and they're waving, we just keep waving, we just keep waving, we just keep waving. And, and you know, you can just see a tuft of hair, we just keep waving. You know, and my wife would come on every one of these. And then afterwards, uh, especially, uh, you know, if it's nighttime, it's kind of cold, but we continue forward. Afterwards, we would go outside, we'd climb the highest parking lot to the very top, and we would stand there and stare into the dark. And my wife would come along, and one of these times that she came, she was freezing to death. She says, can we go yet? And I said, no, not yet. And she said, okay, okay. She's freezing now. She's got like three jackets on her. She's got one of the big blankets we brought. You know, she's huddling this little Filipino. And she says, what about now? Can we go now? I said, nope, 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 nope. Not yet, not yet. My dad is just standing there in the front, just watching along as my mom is about to fly off to New Zealand to visit her family. He's not stuttered. He's not moving. He's there. She says, you guys are crazy. I said, I know. And she says, do you even know which plane it is? Nope, we have no idea. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what? You have no clue which plane it is, but you just stand here? Yup. And she says, how do you know when the things are raised? He's like, and, and I'd say, yep, just when we feel like it. And then my dad will say something like, yeah, I think that was her plane. She says, how long does that take? I don't know, sometimes an hour. An hour? Are you kidding me? She's like, they can't. Your mom can't see you from the plane. I know. Crazy, right? And I said, buddy, that's how we work. When one of us gets on that plane and they begin to take off, the rest of us, we don't move. We stay right here. And yes, we don't know which plane it is. And yes, they can't tell in the cold, bitter, dark where we are. But when they look through that little window, they will know that there is people down there who stands on their behalf. There are people down there who is holding them up in prayer. There's people down there who will await until the distance of the plane finally moves past the horizon. And in that moment, whoever is in the plane will feel like, yes, I am a part of this family. What is it for us? come alongside others and wait. Maybe we won't change the world. Maybe we won't get anybody kicked out of office. Maybe we won't be able to do all this stuff, but we can be the kind of people that will come along and wait. We will hold space for others. They will be able to look down from the purview of their lives and their private spaces where they struggle and say, down there, though I can't quite see them, I know that they are there just for me. As good people, we don't have to do anything bad. We just have to forget that this is about us, not just me. So we're shifting perspective today. We're going to move from me to we, from me to we. 
If you're watching along online, I invite you, feel free to come along with us, pray for us. Um, if you want, come find a way to serve with us. We put up the information up there for the Food Pantry Plus. If you need to call one of those individuals, call them. Let's get this going. There's a demonic spirit that is holding our neighborhood 92505 back from where it can be, and we can fight against that by doing just a few things. This is us. We can do this. No longer just about me, but it is we who've been called to the bread of life. Be one.